0: I think there's valid concerns when you think about medical data you can't really get more personal than that and there's you know there's a lot of worries about you know what if an insurance company gets their hands on this data but I think it's important to realize that the trade-offs are so um, one-sided where you can gain so much from the sharing of data and it can be done properly. It can be done with privacy and security provisions. There's a lot of great software out there that de-identifies and anonymizes data. So I think the worries, although founded and important, and people need to ask these questions, it's really important to recognize the value of this data in the progress of medicine and research and prevention.
1: That's the voice of Shiva Amiri. Co founder of Dativa, cutting right to the chase about privacy and data sharing. And that's what this episode of Dativa Talks is all about. Hello, I'm Keith McDonald, your host for our series of chats with Shiva and her partner at Dativa, Marina Corniva. In this series, we're talking about healthcare and healthcare issues and what can be done to make healthcare better. One of Dativa's aims is to have people donate their health data for research, be data donors. When it comes to doing that, we know there may be worries. So let's get specific. What does data sharing mean in the context of privacy? Can our health data be protected? Shiva, what say you? If you talk to patients,
0: most of them will say they want to see progress and they want a cure for what they have. And a way to get closer to that much quicker, possibly, is to have access to data for people who are sick and for people who are not sick. So um, definitely concerns, but all are we can overcome all of those privacy and security concerns. And it doesn't mean that there's zero risk. Zero risk is not uh, a feasible thing. There's always risk, but we also have to look on what do we gain from this. The other thing to consider is people are very open about look, look at Facebook. How much personal information do people share on Facebook or Twitter or even LinkedIn? I think. You know, people are very comfortable sharing such like deep personal stuff about themselves on social media. You know, it's not too far, and and even sites like Patients Like Me, or Quintile, people share information. Millions of people are sharing medical information openly. So I think that um, people are seeing the value, um, and uh, there's ways to be more careful about the data. Um, But but I think a lot of people are comfortable with it. I think it's the people who aren't comfortable with it that need to be brought on board and really think about what are the issues that they're really concerned about.
1: Do you think it's that people don't understand exactly what it is you mean? And maybe you can tell us. Anonymizing, for example. So my data, your data, their data. It's not identifiable (coughs) to me exactly, but it may be, you know, white male, 50-plus age group is showing signs of... So there's
0: no way to track it back to me. That's mm-hmm. what you're saying, either, mm-hmm. right? You want to explain that? Yeah. So, you know, people uh, will tell you that um, if you have enough data points on a person, even if you don't have their name or address, you you can link them back to them, and that's true to a large extent. So it's a combination of algorithms that de-identify and security of the data. Right? So firewalls and hardware and software that doesn't let the data get into the wrong hands. So um, de-identification means that the data set you're looking at is hard to use by itself to identify a person. Anonymization is a type of de-identification where you're removing the name and address and things like that of a person. It doesn't really say it's definitely de-identifiable. Um, So de-identification is certainly a concept of that. Now, in addition to that is encryption. So if you encrypt data, then no one should be able to look at it. But there's technologies out there, software out there, where you can work on encrypted data. Um, So there's a lot of ways where people are using um, algorithms and software to um, anonymize, de-identify, and encrypt. In addition to all the things you can do on the hardware side and the server side to protect the data, if it's sensitive, if it's that sensitive, to get out there. Some medical data is not that sensitive. For example, if you take um, images of, like, your liver, you know, you get rid of the name and all the text information associated with the image. Like, no one can tell it's your liver, right? So there is medical data that is um, very much already de-identified, Right? There's nothing you can link a liver image to that'd be like, oh, yeah, we know who this person is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Right? So there, there's, um, I think there, there are levels of sensitivity. And, you know, people having, are having issues around genetic data. Is it really an identifier? Some people would argue it is. Because, you know, if you have the means, you could decode the genetic data, link it to something else potentially. But how many people can decode your genetic data? Like, it's not many. Like, I can't sit there on my computer and do that by myself. So um, so I think there's different levels, and people have to check their fear levels before getting um, worried about the possibility of the sensitivity of the data.
1: So and is there not maybe an impression that just what you were getting at is this idea, of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so important a person mm-hmm. that they're going to know it's me. I mean, mm-hmm. Actually, you're you're part of many, 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 many mm-hmm. aspects of this data, mm-hmm. and some doctor in Italy isn't going to track back to Toronto necessarily, mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. identifiers are the significant showing mm-hmm. in comparison to a patient they have at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So exactly. it's not like you're not that important, relatively speaking. No. But your data with everybody
0: else's data is significant. Is significant, exactly. So the aggregate data, the ability to have a lot of data, and a lot of data is important, especially for machine learning, because the more data you have, the better these algorithms can learn and they can make predictions based on new data, right? So you can't train a machine learning algorithm on a small set of data. You can, the predictors won't be um, good enough. But if you have a lot of data, and as you say, you know, um, you are a tiny point, data point, in a sea of data. So the more we contribute to that, the stronger our predictions and our analysis and our trends are going to be um, for the different questions we want to ask.
1: One last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you
0: talk about mountains of data. How high is the
1: mountain? Oh, it's high. It's a, <laughs> yeah. a metaphor. What map?
0: Everest? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's look at every single hospital, every single physician, every single person collecting data on themselves daily. Look at the history of data collection. Um, every research institute, every hospital is sitting on data going back decades, right? And then every individual, we are, we're collecting data on ourselves regularly now. So, this is just continuing to build and add. And, you know, there's some types of data, for example, every hospital doesn't have a lot of data necessarily on a specific disorder or a specific, you know, like you may go to a hospital, they may not be hosting genetic data on 10,000 people. But combined, you can get a large pool of data on genetics or imaging or whatever. Um, the other thing that's adding, like a lot of people are collecting genetic data. Now a lot of different research studies are collecting it. A lot of different like companies like 23andMe, Ancestry.com, who's partnered with them. It's a lot of different avenues of collection of this medically related data. It's a matter of where are they and how do we put it together? Because there's a lot of it out there in, in different hands. So you need to combine it in a sort of a um, thoughtful way to convert it into knowledge. Because disparate data, even though maybe a lot in volume, for example, may not be, um, is certainly not as valuable as um, combining it and using it in an effective way.
1: Is that what your company is all about?
0: That's what our company is all about. Bringing together data in silos, um, using different data sets, um, integrating all of that data. And then um, using uh, analytics and machine learning software to make sense of that data. And then communicating that data back to the users, like hospitals and research institutes and individuals and others who are interested in the different kinds of output that we can produce based on this data.
1: You've been listening to Shiva Amiri talking about the value of data sharing over and above privacy fears. So, are you convinced yet? Does the overall value of donating health data and using it for research make it something we should consider doing? We'll have much more discussion about this in future episodes. For Dativa Talks, I'm Keith McDonald. Thanks for listening and stay well.